We just thank you for this day, Lord. It's a wonderful, beautiful day. Hallelujah. And we're in spring, going into summer, and feeling the effects of what it should feel like during this season. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the way of approach to thyself through the rent veil of the flesh of Jesus Christ our Lord, for the efficacy of his most precious blood, which cleanses from all sin, for the promise of help through the Holy Spirit, when we know not what we should pray for, for the assurance that thou hearest us and doest delight to answer our prayers when they are in accord with thy holy will. We bless thee for thine unspeakable gift, for the matchless expression of thy love and the sacrifice of Christ, and for the grace so freely bestowed upon the sinful sons of men. Accept the homage of our hearts, the surrender of our will, the consecration of our powers, and help us in all circumstances to be true to thee. Deliver us in the time of temptation. Keep our feet so that our steps may not slide and help us not to sin against thee. Enable us to realize that sin is our enemy, that it hides, and that it hides from us and, and will, if, if indulged, it will ruin us in this time and in eternity. Fill us with the spirit of Jesus that all our speech and conduct may reveal his life in us and that we may constantly glorify thee, our adorable God. Graciously accept us and our petition in the name of our Lord Jesus. Gracious Father in heaven, admit us as a family into the secret of thy presence that we may worship thee in spirit and in truth. Accept our grateful praise for all that thou art for, and for all that thou hast done for us and our fellow men. Especially do we thank thee for our redemption and salvation through the Son, Jesus Christ. Father, reveal to us our sins and faults, that we may repent and forsake them, and that thou mayest forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And let thy Holy Spirit dwell within us today, restraining us from all wrongdoing and directing us into paths of truth and peace. Guard us, guard us in those points of our character that are most weak. Keep us from vanity and pride, from evil thoughts and from unkind speech. Help us to love thee with all our hearts and to cordially love one another. Aid us as we try to serve thee by ministering to our fellow men and grant us at last a home with thee in heaven through our savior, Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. You know, one of the things I really like about this little book is always talking about the fellow men. Where they're asking whoever, because th these prayers are written by different people. It's not the same person all through this book. It's various people. Some of them are, uh, some of them are just born again saints and have professions in the medical field or whatever. And they're always talking about the fellow men, which is something that we need to be mindful of because this world will not change if it's just about you, your three, or however many it is, and, and that's it. And we don't focus on praying for this world and praying for the salvation 
of people because that's the only way that they can change. That's why in 2 Timothy it tells us to pray for all men who are in authority because that's the only way that we're going to get the blessing that we need. The truth is going to manifest and change is going to happen. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, we are in 1 Thessalonians. Uh, uh, chapter 2, and we're going to continue where we left off at with verses 13 through 20. So this is part 2 called The Way of the Lord is Right. The Way of the Lord is Right. Amen. So uh, I'm, I'm going to read it, and then we'll go back and, and uh, dissect the scriptures. So First Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 13. For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. In other words, you welcome the word. But as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually or effectively worketh also in you that believe. King James says effectually, which means effectively worketh also in you that believe. Oh, I love that statement. Mm. What you've read is actually working in you just as you have read it, okay? For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For you also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary or opposed to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sin always, for the wrath is come upon them, to, to the utter, uttermost. So it says to, to, uh, uh, to oppose that their, their bad behavior so that they will be prepared and ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. It says, but we brethren being taken from you for a short time and presence, not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, or we wanted to come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, our joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Oh, this is so rich, and this is so good. I get so excited. Every time I read it, I kind of get something more than what I got originally when I read. But going back to verse 13, when Paul says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. And they are continuously thanking God for the saints at the Thessalonian church, but not just there. This letter just happened to be written to them because he says that to all of the churches. Why? Because as a shepherd, the sheep is always on your mind to pray, plan, and to prepare for. And it should be. That's why it's a full-time job because it's not about you coming up uh, speaking and, and, and teaching for a little while. It's your lifestyle. Amen. And God will keep, 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 
keep the sheep on your mind to, to pray. And so, you know, even when I come up and, and I inquire about something, this is not my personal agenda. This is because God has put something in my spirit. And I can't tell you why outside of the fact that I'm an under-shepherd. But um, it's never because I'm sitting around thinking, now what can I say or do? <laughs> or how can I interfere? <laughs> and direct. Trust me, it is not what I'm sitting around thinking about. Amen. Okay? <laughs> So the Thessalonian church believed that what Paul preached was the word of God. When Paul talks about how they actually received the word, not like words from men, but from the Holy Spirit. So um, they, they received what Paul was preaching. And so they received, when they received it, when they heard the word, they received the word. And so because they received the word, they believed the word. And then they acted on the word which made them doers of the word and not just hearers only amen okay which is how your faith is walked out your faith is walked out by what you are walking in according to the word hearing it is not enough it's just the opening or the beginning it's what you're going to do with what you heard determines the elevation of your faith okay and so because if we consider it uh, about uh, just hearing but not by what you're doing you're not proving the word out amen? Amen. amen and you can say a lot and do nothing <laughs> and you know that saying you fake it till you make it we can fake it. However, with God's principles and precepts, you will never make it. Because he is not into phony people. Double-minded people. Okay? So your heart must be open, humble, expecting, and clear. You hear with an expectation. Okay? Not to judge whether or not the person speaking know what they're talking about. If you're in the word, you'll recognize that. Okay? You cannot fill your mind up with trash and expect to have room for righteousness. You cannot plant seeds of evil, corruption, crookedness, lying, deceit, and or perversion and expect a harvest of goodness, truth, harmony, peace, joy, and above all, faith. Amen. When you go and plant a garden, and if you plant tomatoes in the garden, you can't expect apples to show up. Amen. You're only going to get what you planted. Yes. And if you took care of it, once you put it in the ground, like watering it and pulling up dead, dead leaves and whatever you, you know, that comes up with it, to try to choke out the life, and you get rid of that, then you'll end up with a harvest because it'll produce greater. Well, that's how the word works. When you put the word in you, you got to water it. How do you water it? You keep putting it in, and you keep saying it. 
You don't just hear it one time and, 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 and that's it. Once you leave here, you're supposed to be still reading the word and putting the word in. Amen. The Holy Spirit will not, cannot compete with the world to occupy your heart. It's not enough room for the worldview and God's view. You have to make a choice. Choose whom this day whom you're going to serve. Amen. When we act contrary to the gospel truth, we are operating according to the course of this world. There is no middle of the road. So don't say, well, I am not on the left and I'm not on the right. I'm just in the middle. No, you ain't nowhere. It is either God's truth and God's way or the world's way and lies. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 5. And it says, and you have he quickened. He's talking to believers now. And were dead in trespasses and sin. It says, before Christ, you were dead men walking. You were walking in sin and in trespasses. Walking like that is a dead person. Amen. Okay? He says, but now you've been quickened. Yeah, yeah. He says, where in time past you walk, in time past yeah. you walked according to the course of this world. Yeah. That's the view of how the world yeah. thinks. That's the view of how the world acts and what they do. Okay? Remember that. The view, the world view is not our view as believers. Because I don't think we remember that because we sit up there and watch the news, Fox, CNN, and all the rest of them ends, and then <laughs> believe what we're hearing and follow that path and even have discussions about it. That's not our view. You belong in a higher kingdom, and that kingdom don't operate the way this lower kingdom operate. But we are here in a higher kingdom to set the example to produce and make God's kingdom be realized here on earth as it is in heaven. So he says, before me, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air is Satan. And let me tell you. The reason why he messes with us so much, because we don't know the difference between a good thing and a God thing. See, everything that's good is not expedient for you. And so what he does, he dangles good stuff before us, and you think, oh, this is okay, this is all right. You need to ask God, is this coming from you? Is this my time to deal with this, indulge with this? Because that's how Satan gets us. He know he can't get us with the obvious evil wickedness, but he can deceive us, okay? And so he takes, he takes what's going out in the air and he, and he puts it in your heart the way he know is common to your thinking. If we would take a survey, I could just make one statement and then just take a survey and take each one out of this room individually and ask you, what did you get out of that? And it'd all be different. It'd be a few when they have the same concept because the enemy will take it and put it in your heart and your mind the way he know is common to how you operate. 
That's why he's called the prince of the power of the air. You were once walking according to the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That spirit works continuously all the time in children of disobedience. God's spirit works all the time in the spirit of children of righteousness. Ha. Huh. So then, when we become slightly deceived and begin watching stuff on TV and listening to stuff on the radio that doesn't glorify God one little bit, is not even giving you true data that can help you rise above your struggling situations. Mm. Will not give you any information that will come to resolve the issues that you're facing. Why do we subject ourselves to that since we are no longer children of disobedience? See, we're no longer sinners. We are saints who sin. It's a difference. We're no longer sinners. We are saints who sin. And when we confess that sin, God said, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of all of that sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, he's given us a free will. So he can't force you to do what you're supposed to do. And he doesn't want to force us. He wants us to do it because we love him that much that we will do what is right in his sight. Amen. Amen. So, so don't sit there talking about, well, I don't see nothing wrong with it and God haven't said anything about it. He don't have to say anything about it. You know what's right and wrong. Even before you got saved, we were born with, with the gift of morals Amen. from a conscience. <laughs> okay. All right. Three, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, the desires of the mind. See, it first starts in the mind before it becomes a flesh thing. Okay? And we're by nature the children of wrath even as others. That's how we used to be, but no longer. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, he had pity on us. That's what that mercy means. He had pity on us, and he sent us a way out, and his name is called Jesus. And because of him, Jesus, now we have grace, which would enable us to be able to say no to the left, yes to the right which enable us to say no to Satan's plan. That's the left. Amen. Yes to what God says in his word. So we don't have to walk in those things that we are so familiar with and have so tied with. Amen. Even though you have sown ties to that and it has become second nature to you, Jesus' grace will enable you to escape the snare if you cry out to him and will your will to his will to obey what he wants today. But you, what we have to learn is to put that pride, send it to hell. I was going to say put it aside. No, 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 because you'll pick it up again. <laughs> 
Send it where it needs to be. So that you can hearken and you can listen to other people counsel and instruction in order to go in the right way. Don't be so prideful that nobody can't tell you anything. That's, that is really a sign of a fool. Because the Bible says in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. There is safety in the multitude of counsel. Amen. So his grace and his mercy allow us to live righteous, love God, and verse 5, even when we were dead in sin, have quickened us together Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, have made us alive. That's what it means, and it says quicken us together. Has made us alive, and we are together alive in Christ Jesus. And, and, and by his grace, we are saved. That's, that salvation is a working salvation every moment of the day every day it is not a one time i confess i believe that you've dot 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 okay that was the acceptance of who he is grace operates daily all day thank you jesus amen now the word only work in those who believe i'm still working on verse 13 y'all <laughs> The word only work in those who believe, for without faith, it is impossible to believe. You know, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because you can't believe. (laughs) And if you don't believe, you can't please him because what you believe allow him to go to work. When when we believe what happens, all the names, see, we like to talk about all the names of Jesus, all the names of the Lord. When you believe, you don't even have to say the name, but you believe in the work that can be manifested in you. It's like calling on his name. It makes his name come to fruition. His name rises up off the throne for whatever the purpose is and do the work that's necessary to be done. Hallelujah, Jesus. And that's why he's pleased, because you know where your help comes from. And when you say those things, it caused him to stand up and come to your aid. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you never step out of your comfort zone to obey the word, you are not living by faith. Nothing changes without a sincere effort. Talk is cheap. And when you shut your mouth, the evidence of no change is the proof of no faith. See, because you can talk to your complexion change, but that talk don't change your situation. Your faith changes the situation. So when you get through talking, I'm going to see what's going to change. See, we, we, we can talk a good faith talk. But action speaks louder than words. And this is why Paul was so pleased with the Thessalonian church, because he realized that the church received the spirit of the word, not just the letter of the word, (laughs) which is that man speaking. You know, 
you can sit up under the word and hear some words, but if you don't hear the spirit of the word because you hear legal, uh, uh, legal, legalism and, 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 and a whole lot of other stuff too, okay? It's not gonna bring a change, okay? As believers, our growth is stopped because we put more faith in the human than we do in the words coming from their mouths. Okay, there are men and women ministers that at one time I followed their ministry until I heard a message that contradicted God's moral laws that were so blatant. It wasn't like it was hard for us to figure that out, okay? And especially for these uh, educated, trained theologians. Now, humans make mistakes, we all do and can be off sometimes, which doesn't make them a false prophet. Like some of those prophets that was prophesying uh, after the election, and because things didn't manifest right away, they, they resent the whole thing and apologize instead of just waiting on God. I don't care if it didn't manifest when you thought it was or when I thought it was. If God said it, it is so, and it will come to pass. Wait, wait, wait on the Lord, because he's going to show himself strong. And see, if he had acted right away, they wouldn't have believed that it was God. But when, how he's acting, everybody going to know God is in charge. Amen. So, a false prophet is one who literally stand for immorality and try to pass it off as truth because that's how they feel, okay? And not because it is scripturally right. Since they are popular and on TV, radio, YouTube, Facebook, etc., they know they can get away with deceiving the people. However, you the people, if you are a student of the word, humbled and always asking God to keep you from being deceived, you will discern the wrong, the lies, the false flattery, the hype, and the deception. Because God will not let us be deceived if we humble ourselves seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, he will not let you be deceived by the greatest mastery. Because a lot of people win you over with charisma, but not with scriptural truth. And charisma work, because it causes the numbers to be great. But if that's your focus, then you work it. See, I'm not going to hell on some stuff like that. It's not worth it. E eternity is important. So where I end up at the end is, is important. It's more important than where, how I'm starting out because I can change and get things right eventually. Amen. Okay, so I'm working towards getting it right for, for when the end come, I will have eternal bliss with my heavenly father. Amen. And when Jesus come back, he'll find me looking like a bride, not the church. Y'all figure that one out. <laughs> when you actually have the discernment of seeing that deception, you need to turn from it. 
See, I don't stick with people because they were popular and I was all for them at one time. When I see that reality and that truth, I turn from that. I'm no longer interested, okay? You turn from that. You let God know, I honor you more than I honor man. And when you do that, he'll allow you to see the deception in men. Amen? Okay, uh, let's go back to uh, verses. I'm going to go... Capture 14 through 16, when he says, your brethren became followers of the churches of God. He's, in, in these verses, he's talking about how now they're suffering persecution because of them following Christ and following the word. And so they're suffering the same kind of persecution, not to the extreme that Paul had to suffer, but they're following, they're, um, um, following the word has allowed them to be persecuted now. And so... Paul is trying to encourage them. He's encouraging the persecution uh, of the Thessalonian church that don't feel bad, you're not alone, okay? You're not alone. You know, even though you may be going through some hard times or something, doesn't it make make you feel a little bit better when you find out there are other people going through some stuff? And some people going through worse than what you're going through. It lightens, it seems to lighten up the load. So he's telling them, you're not alone. They're suffering, uh, they were suffering among the Judeans and, and also um, anyone who decides that they're going to serve God completely, there's going to come persecution, okay? And it's going to come right in your household when light and operating in that household. What do I mean? There's somebody who's not saved, and then there's a saved person in the household. They're going to persecute you for every little thing, and they're going to find fault for your, your um, um, faithfulness, consistency, and your labor. When you, when you are in a church that you feel like you're being fed and you're growing, and let me tell you, if you're not growing in that church and, and you're not elevating them people in that house ain't going to mess with you. They're motivated by the spirit of darkness. Okay? And the spirit of darkness don't want God to be glorified. And so if you're growing in Christ and you're learning the word and, you, and, and, and you're excelling, that's when the spirit will start getting them to mess with you because they don't want God glorified. You understand? Light and dark cannot mix. Either the light is going to put out the darkness or the darkness going to put your light out. So you be careful about what decisions that you make. Because let me tell you, when you decide I'm standing for you, Jesus, and you alone, and I'm not moving, he will support you and he will make your enemies become your footstool. Amen. 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 So um, Paul is letting them know because of the decision that you've made, you're going to be persecuted. So let's go and read a few scriptures that will support that, starting with uh, in the book of Songs, Songs 34. And we have, we're gonna just going to do a verse of each one. I just want to prove the point, that's all. Psalms 34 and verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but... The Lord delivered him out of them all. There is a season 
for every purpose. <laughs> Glory. And God will keep us in the season when it don't feel good so that you don't faint not. Because if you faint not, you shall reap in due season. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, let's go over to 2 Corinthians uh, 6. And we're going to read verses 3 uh, to 10. And it says, giving no offense in anything that the ministry is not blamed. So in other words, in the ministry, remember when Jesus told John the Baptist, he sent a message to John the Baptist and says, blessed is he who's not offended in me. Okay, because in Christ, you're going to have some offenses, but don't get offended with God about what you're being persecuted for. Amen. Amen. So he says, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses. So he's saying, now he's getting ready to tell them, well, I'm going to, uh, afterwards, I read my commentary because he's going to tell them how there's going to be a back and forth kind of situation in your life, okay? But don't give up. He says, um, in stripes, verse 5, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfinged, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me read my commentary for, for some of you, those who didn't really comprehend all of that stuff. <laughs> okay, because Paul is, is telling them, he's, he's put these in categories, and, and it says there are 27 categories, but they're divided into three groups of nine each. And in verse 4, in verses 4 and 5, his thoughts are on his trials. In verses 6 and 7, on divine provision. And in verses 8 to 10, on his resultant victory over circumstances. He never said we will not have circumstances, have afflictions, have trials. But he did say we shall overcome. Why? Because he has already overcome the things that we're facing. And that's where our hope is, is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay, back to um, Thessalonians, and we're going to um, climax with verses 17 through uh, 20. And so 17 is um, Paul is, is regretfully telling them about how he really had planned to come see them, but under circumstances out of his control that he, he couldn't. So he says, but we, brethren, being taken from you, for a short time and presence, not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly, abundantly to see your face with great desire. And so he's, he's, he's saying that having to leave the city before I actually desire to because of the Jews' action against me. So he had to flee quickly, in other words. 
let's go over to, excuse me, Acts 17, 1 to 10, that give you a more uh, explanation of that, in case you're wondering about it. And verses 1 through 10. And, and uh, it says, Now when they had passed through Amphilophus and, and Apollonian, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went, and, went in unto them. Now remember, they crucified Jesus for the gospel. So anyone that picked up the gospel that Jesus has given him, you're going to be crucified. Okay? It says, and, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. So Paul went into the, 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 uh, uh, the uh, temple, and for three days he reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Okay? Opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. He is the Savior. He is the Messiah that you've been waiting and looking for to the Jews. Okay? All right? And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the, of the bastard sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. In other words, they found a few people who would follow what they were saying to persecute and, 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 and um, assault the, the, the men of God, the apostles. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down and come hither also. But in fact, they were turning the world right side up. The world was already upside down, just as it is today. Jesus is coming is for the world to be turned right side up. This is why we need to have the truth and be strong enough to stand for the truth because that is going to happen through us. Amen. It is not going to be something magical that Jesus just, just shows up and everything. No, he's waiting for us. Everything he's waiting for, he has done it all already. Yeah. And went and sat on the throne on the right-hand side of the Father. And he gave us the power to turn these things right. You can't turn things right when you are in the bed with the wrong. Amen. With your thoughts. You can't be flip-flopping back and forth. Well, but you know I heard. Who did you hear it from? Did you hear it from J.C.? from the kingdom or did you hear it on Fox? But you choose to believe what you hear natural people saying whose souls and spirit have not been reformed by the Holy Spirit and yours supposedly have been reformed and you choose to believe the enemy? Oh, wow, that, that, just, just, that came right off the, the press. That was not premeditated so that God wants us to understand the depth of what's going on. Because we, 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 we think we're not being intelligent because we're not sitting up listening to, to those lies that they get paid to say. 
And, if, and let me tell you, the reason why they become a believer because faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And if they heard something different, maybe they would challenge what they're hearing and come become a believer. That's why we need to pray for all that stuff to be exposed yes. and they become convicted yes. by the spirit of the living God. Yes. Amen. Yes. Oh, okay, verse six. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down and come hither also, whom Jason have received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar. <laughs> That's today. <laughs> Saying that there is another king, one Jesus, not another king, the only king. <laughs> See, that's why he didn't want to give the Jews a king, he gave them judges to rule over them because they had a king, but they was too blinded to recognize they had the king. And they were asking him, give us a king. He said, I'm giving you some judges, judges after my own heart. But that wasn't good enough, so he gave them some kings. And that's when all hell broke loose. And then he had to come and save them. <laughs> but the good news is, he did go and save them. What he's going to have to do for us. We wouldn't listen. So we put the king in. Now God has got to come and save us. When he had a judge. Uh, 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 <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Okay. Uh, let me finish reading this. <laughs> and they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken... Uh, security of Jason and of the other, they let them go. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. So they snuck him out by night. So he was detained <laughs> because Satan had another agenda. And so go back over to what Paul wants the Thessalonian church to realize that Satan is not a figment of your imagination. <laughs> he is a real evil personality. And that's why he tells us, put on the whole armor. When you get up, put on the whole armor. And you know what? Every piece of the armor is the word of God. So you're just taking the word and placing it to cover certain areas. Amen. And when we learn how to intercede for each other like we should, all of our backs would be covered. Because the armor only covers the front portion. <laughs> but we're supposed to have each other's back. We're supposed to have each other's back. We're supposed to have each other's back. And prayer. And prayer. You should always be praying for each other. And not just think somebody got the game and gone with it and, they, and I don't have to worry about them. I know they got it. She got it. I know. No. Because, because when you're serving God, all that you're doing is, is you're doing it in the spirit of the Lord. He's the one who's doing the work. You're not doing anything. We don't qualify. And so without the prayer to keep you faithful and humble to what God has called you to do, we're going to fall. That's why people have to keep praying. And even for those uh, 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 theologians who are, who are perpetrating in the pulpit, pray for their deliverance. Pray for their change. I think they started out right. Yes. Yes. 
but power will overtake you. And when you begin to start really believing the height that people are telling you, you're in trouble. You better humbly accept it and keep on going. And so they become overcome with, with superficial stuff rather than what the whole purpose of is a vocation that you've given your life to become a servant, a slave of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, okay, and so with the, the, the climax of this scripture, when he says, wherefore we would have, we wanted to come unto you, but even I, Paul, once again, was hindered by Satan, once again, that wasn't new for Paul. He was fighting that all the time. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and Satan did not win. Amen. <laughs> he, Paul was delayed but never denied. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So verse 19 and 20 says, For what is our hope, our joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? That was his whole motive and purpose, that they will grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ so they will be ready for the return of the king when he comes as a judge. Amen. The second coming, he's coming as a judge. He came as a king and we didn't recognize it, we didn't honor it. He's coming back the second time as our judge. Don't you want to be caught up in the rapture before he arrives, okay? Church. <laughs> so you can rejoice at the second coming. You can rejoice at the knowing that he's coming back. Because he's coming back for us to rescue us from what he's going to condemn that's left behind. Mm -mm -mm. Our hope, our joy. Our crown of rejoicing is in the presence of the soon coming king, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What Christ has made of us and, and of that Thessalonian church to Paul was at that time glory and joy because it meant his work was fulfilled. So what Christ is making of us, that is the fulfillment of our joy that we are being who we're supposed to be, but now take it out to the world Amen. and tell somebody Amen. about Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we just bless you and we thank you. We praise you. You're such an awesome, awesome God. And, and we're just so thankful that you chose us. Yes. We could have been lost, but you chose us, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Grace us with the love for others that we will pray for their salvation. We won't say, well, one day. No, we're praying. Now is the time. Now is the day for salvation. And we're praying for all of our loved ones to come into the knowledge and truth of who Jesus Christ is and to serve him completely. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And Lord, burn your word in our hearts so that we don't ever forget it. We won't turn from it. We won't turn to the left or to the right, but we keep our focus on you, keep our eyes on you, and follow your way always, Father. 
the reward is far greater than we can imagine. We get some of that reward right here on this side of heaven, but the greatest reward is on the other side of heaven. And God encourage us to recognize that some of the sufferings we have endured or because you're trying to wake us up to recognize who the healer is, who the deliverer is, where the cure can come from. Let us stop wallowing in our discomforts and our pains and stuff and give it to you. And you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to demolish it or grace us with the ability to live with it. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Jesus. And we will give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Because you will allow us to live, not survive, but live in it, with it, through it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Okay, now we're going to open it up for...